Welcome to the First Right Podcast, the weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are blessed to talk with Kenny Shu, one of the most powerful voices speaking out against the left's division of America by race. Kenny's new book, An Inconvenient Minority, zeroes in on the attack against Asian Americans by the left and the fight for judging people on their merits. Well, hi, Kenny. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, so first time on the show, I uh, really appreciate it, but just give our viewers a sense of your background and how you kind of ended up in what is arguably the most uh, heated spot in American culture right now. When I was in college, I was taught the idea that whites were at the top and blacks were at the bottom. And I was thinking in my head, well, what about Asians? What about us, you know? Uh, and that's what started to spark my interest in this whole racial narrative, because there is a lot of false things being told about race in America today. And Asian Americans prove that that is true. Um, I, when I was writing my book, An Inconvenient Minority, I found out and I realized that Asian Americans have faced many similar obstacles um, that a lot of minorities uh, have faced in this country today, and yet they were still able to achieve uh, and the reason why they were able to achieve and actually have higher household incomes, higher educational attainment um, is because of their culture. They actually study twice as many hours as the average American. Um, they have stronger two-parent families. And it led me to realize that so much of our talk about race and white supremacy is really proxy talk about culture. And we actually need to address that. And that's why... Uh, I wrote my book, An Inconvenient Minority, and became president of the new group, Color Us United. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point you're making about the culture and, uh, and, and the, the fact that um, just the study habits and that kind of thing. I was talking to a guy here right before we got on the, the air about, uh, I forget the Malcolm Gladwell book, but it was the, the chapter on, you know, sometimes there's just a, a uh, historical uh, cultural piece to this where uh, uh, people are very good at focusing and very good at studying and things like that. And it just it, it plays out over time. And so you can't deny that. And so it, it turns into like, well, there's got to be something else going on here. So, yeah, I commend you for writing the book. Uh, I, I, uh, I would encourage all of our viewers to get it. So so that was uh, so what was that like, though? Uh, get a little more detail on that. So you so you're going through this to get to a place to being compelled to write a book, right? So you had a lot of a lot of things must have transpired, a lot of emotion to get you to that place. I mean, what was that? What was that whole journey like? Mm. Well, I've always been an author. I've always written um, since I was like six years old. And how I got weighted into this discourse is I felt like Asian Americans and the left's racial discourse tend to get the least amount of sympathy. They, they really do. This is why Harvard is able to discriminate against them with impunity. This is why the left's equity measures always exclude Asian Americans. And I, I just, I felt like, I felt a deep need to speak up for these people who tend to get thrown to the side in this racial narrative. Um, so, you know, in terms of integrating my writing, my own personal journey, um, my, you know, I, I went to Davidson, I actually majored in math and I minored in philosophy. So um, it was a great way, I think, to integrate those skills together. And that's the story that I wanted to tell. 
Yeah, well, good for you. It needed to be told. Um, and I think that there's this ongoing fixation on the left with this racial, racial division piece. And, you know, they do, like you referenced a second ago about, oh, it's, it's the liberal media treats it mostly like a, you know, a, a white-black issue. But there's a lot of evidence mounting out there that, you know, Asian-Americans, as you're talking about, Hispanic-Americans, they're repelled by this stuff. You know, all the minority groups are, are, are being repelled by it. And it's in the drifting away, uh, as what I think, they're drifting away from the Democratic Party. Is that something that you're starting to see too in your conversations and your research? I think I'm starting to see that, yes. Uh, Asian Americans in, in Virginia, for example, voted at an all-time high rate for Glenn Youngkin. Um, and what you're starting to see is that people and immigrants who have always, by the way, believed that they, their race shouldn't matter. They come to this country they just want to work hard. They just want to have a fair shot. They don't. They just want to be treated on what they can contribute to this country. They don't want people to care about their race or obsess about their race and their racial background. So the more the left backslides into this, we're going to treat people on the basis of your race and we're going to do racial quotas and equity and CRT, then the more immigrants um, are going to be turned off. Well, and the, your point about the, the meritocracy is what everybody's seeking. And the opposite of that is making somebody a, an entire, you know, population of people a victim class. You know, that's that's the real danger is you get to this place where people are just, oh, you know, you can't do it. You're a victim. You need help from us. Right. And that's what they're trying to get at. And people are like, no, no, I don't need help. I'll just do it on my own because you want to have that sense of accomplishment. You want to say, hey, look what I did. And that's what our country's always been about. But yeah, they want to make, they want to make a victim class out of everybody. And uh, I don't think it's going to work for them. Uh, and like you said, in Virginia, we were, we were heavily involved in that race too. And yeah, I think there's a lot going on right now where people are saying enough is enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, which is why I eventually joined Colorist United. I became the first president I was recruited because what we do is we advocate for a race blind America. And that's something that our country desperately needs right now, because that's something that most Americans really believe. We shouldn't care about race. We, should, every, we all know when we look at each other, you know, sure, we look, we see their race, but it doesn't matter to us. It doesn't have to affect us. It doesn't have to affect the way we treat each other. Um, and so at Colorist United, we challenge the institutions uh, that have treaded down this dangerous fixation on race. And uh, we organize the ordinary Americans to fight back. Yeah, and if there ever was such a thing as systemic racism, it might be inside the system of these admissions offices, right? Being uh, being prejudiced yeah. against certain groups. You know, and I, I think the racism, I, I read 100% of what you said, and we as Americans, you know, by and large, by a vast majority, we don't see it anymore, we wanna move beyond it. And that whole racism piece, that's an individual problem, not a systemic problem. If you're racist in this country now and you're found out, you're going to be shunned. There's no doubt about it. So I think that you're absolutely right. We just have to keep moving forward and, and call it what it is and, uh, and move beyond this time in our country for sure. So there's a chapter in the book called, uh, called The Truth About Asian Stereotypes. So, so what's, the, what's the message in that chapter? So the message is, look, we have these stereotypes about Asians, you know, being good at math and and 
you know, being good at school, sometimes being nerdy kids and everything like that. We have to understand where these stereotypes come from. Um, back in the 1800s, before the Chinese Exclusion Act, um, there was a labor leader named Dennis Kearney, uh, who was a, a big pro-union guy, big labor leader in California. And he came up with the stereotype that Asians were dead personalities, low personality people. He called them curs, which means dog. Um, and the reason why is because the Asians, the Chinese that they imported over there were actually working harder and they were, were actually getting more done on the Chinese railroads and the gold mines than the other immigrants there. Um, they had different strategies that worked out and he got very jealous of that. But the Asians also fell into his trap because they did not have any political capital to fight back. And they never tried to fight back against this stereotype that he implanted upon the California population. And because they never fought back, he won. He got Chinese exclusion passed and banned Chinese from, from entering American shores for the next 50 years. And so the lesson that I'm trying to explain in that chapter of my book, An Inconvenient Minority, is that if you don't develop political credibility, you will be crushed. And don't think that other groups or other people are going to take care of you. You have to take care of your own community. Fundamentally, that's what America is about. Well, that's, that's a completely true statement, and it's a great example. So it's... it's uh, so you're a younger guy, but I can see where this is going in your career for sure. You're, you, you see this stuff. You see this clearly. That's great. Uh, so, so I think in large measure, you know, I think the country, uh, you know, we're politically active, but the the moderates, the people in the middle, they're kind of waking up to see what's been lurking around in these bigger institutions. You know, some of the stuff that you're talking about here and and, and uh, you're exposing. So, how hopeful are you though that there's some kind of counter-revolt out there where people are just going to, you know, get to a place where they start to feel a lot more like what you feel and what I feel. They're just not quite fully aware of it yet. Do you feel like something like that's on the way? I do. And that's why I became president of Colorist United, because I feel like not just seeing the evidence out there with Glenn Youngkin winning, with CRT now being analyzed in schools, but just the way this is trending demographically, America is becoming a such a, a greater and more uh, racially diverse country. Uh, one out of five new marriages are mixed, you know. And what that means is that the concept of race that we know, you know, whites, blacks, Asians, Latinos, that's going to kind of meld together. Now, here's the issue. The issue is that the left will continue to come up with innovative new categories to try to position oppressor and oppressed groups. For example, now they're even calling Asians so-called white adjacent because Asians are too successful, so they have to be lumped in with the whites. So just like they discriminate against whites in the Ivy League admissions process, now they're going to discriminate against Asians in the Ivy League and, and, and public high school processes. So. You have to match tactic for tactic, right? The left wants division. The left thrives off of division. We have to preach a message of unity and colorblindness, and I think we can win. Yeah, for sure. That's the positive message we need to preach. 
I haven't heard the white adjacent thing yet. That's a new one to me. And I'd also encourage all of us to get to a point where somebody says that to you and you just call them an idiot and walk away. Because, you know, we need to get to a place in our country where we just call uh, stupid ideas stupid and we don't entertain anything else. You know, I think we just spend sometimes a little too much dialogue with people who aren't going to change and have horrible ideas. Uh, that's just my little side opinion there. So, well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on today, and, and I wish you the best with the book. Um, and just keep us posted on how things are going. I'd love to hear the progress of how it's going with your organization. I can tell you're going to be a great leader for it as well. So good luck with that, too. Oh, no, uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, it means a great deal. Thank you. Very good. Thanks, Kenny. Have a great day. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash firstright or text firstright to 1-312-820-9167.